0: It's the Matterhorn Yodelers with our very special topic, The Muppets! Yay! It's time to play the yodelers! It's time to hear these guys! It's time to meet the yodelers on Matterhorn
1: tonight! It's time to put on headphones! It's time to set the lights.
0: It's time to start the podcast matter for tonight.
1: Why do we always listen? I guess we'll never know. They never seem to
0: yodel in any of the shows. But now let's get things started. Oh, yeah. Why don't you get, yeah. get yeah. things started? It's time to get started on the most sensational, sensational, inspirational, celebrational, This It is what we call the
1: Matterhorn
0: Yodelers! Hello, Yodelers! Sorry. Yes, we are the Matterhorn Yodelers. I am your host today, Peter, with my co-hosts.
1: Jackie? And...
0: Jesus. and as you couldn't already tell by my very bad impression, we're going to be talking about the Muppets. Yeah, uh, yeah, Like I, you know, I came up with this idea for doing this episode because I feel recently the Muppets don't get the uh, deserved props that they deserve. You know, they, you know, they don't get as much of attention as they used to, and. Um, you know, I think they should deserve they, they they, they deserve more than what they're currently getting. It's tough for this company. Yeah, you've got Marvel. That got Marvel. You got, they got Lucas. Star Wars. It's the, it's overwhelming. It's
1: true. I was on Disney Plus and I was like, there's no Muppet section. No, There's no
0: Muppet tab. You have to type in Muppet. Yep. So like, I just thought it'd be good to go over a bit of the history of the Muppets about their origins and all the way up to where they're at today and hopefully maybe some future projects that we can look forward to because the muppets have become a staple of american entertainment or the worldwide entertainment it's worldwide uh, so uh it's yeah it's definitely something i was kind of excited to go into and i learned a lot and uh, there were definitely moments in my research and that I was crying like a baby, which I when I was listening. So I list, I did a lot of like homework. I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Muppets. Let me like read a book about Jim Henson. So I got a biography, an audio biography. It's twenty one hours, and I plowed through it in two days. You know, I was very fortunate at work where I could listen and work, and we got to the end the death and i just i just cried right i listened to uh some of his um and i'll probably talk a little bit later about his memorial service oh that's just it's beautiful like you know i was listening to big bird singing uh <sighs> being green yeah you know like that was just i was just like oh and he goes thanks kermit you know like that was just like mm-hmm. oh i was i was losing it like I was taking my notes, and I'm, like, crying. I'm, like... If you want to have a very beautiful, like, uh, heartfelt, like, memorial service, like, in planning your life, look at Jim Henson's, because that oh. was just a room filled with people that just loved him. Yes. And so, like, that's what I said. You Like, it's it's, it's good to hear that you had the same response oh, I yes. did. Oh. Uh, you spent two days listening about this guy's life and just how great he is and what he's done, and then just to come to the end, you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. It just hits you. For sure. So, we're going to start things off with the man himself, Jim James Henry Henson. Born in September of 1936. Um, he was a kid at this time, and he was fascinated with television. Uh, he grew up watching a lot of Walt Disney's TV the Walt Disney TV shows and things like that and that really inspired him to want to be in that form of Entertainment, so he actually started a, sh- a little mini show called Sam and Friends uh, that started back in 1955 it was just a, on his local channel uh, It was like a little five-minute show that took place right before the evening news Which was right before the tonight show in Maryland? and um, they didn't really get an idea of what their ratings were until the station tried to cancel the show. Uh, They tried canceling the show, and they got thousands upon thousands of letters demanding that Sam and friends come back. And so it was brought back. It was even brought in after the news at one point. They kept moving it around. Yeah, the evening news before the late night show. It was always this Mm in-between for that. And it's really hard to, like, where do we put this this puppet show right exactly and like it was just everyone really enjoyed it and there were a variety of different characters including a very familiar lizard named Kermit and that's right I said lizard because that's what he was classified what? as was, was, was a lizard it wasn't a frog it was, that's crazy it's weird looking at him I feel like it's Kermit <laughs> but it's not Kermit yeah he was, he was he was classified as a lizard which you could look at and go yeah I can see that you know I can see where they're getting lizard from um, and there were a variety of other characters, none of which really made it too far out of that show, but that was the most notable one. I mean, he got successful, he was doing this when he was, before in he was high in school. college. Yeah, he was, he was doing in, in high, high school. school. Wow. So it was like a competition, or like, they're like, they wanted a show where it was a kid show, and they wanted kids to puppeteer. Well, they did a couple shows, and they got canceled because the kids were underage, so there were child worker right. laws, but he got to stay on because they were impressed with us. Yes. And he, like you said, he was trying to get in here, and he had no experience doing puppets. Nope. And so he got two books from the library, <laughs> and he learned how to do puppeteering from these two books just because he wanted to be on television. Right. So it wasn't originally like, I'm good at puppets. Nope. Build. No, it's like, I want to get on TV, and this is what I do. Yep. And he was so successful with this before he to college, he had enough money to buy a brand new, like, Um, Thunderbird. Yeah. Like car. So, I mean, the guy was doing really well. He was, was, it it was quite successful show. It even got to the point where uh, the host of the Tonight Show was down in Maryland and he saw the show and so he invited him on. So he, you know, a high school kid, or maybe just out of high school. I'm not sure on the exact date on uh, when he did the Tonight Show. He gets, he gets, and does a little bit on the Tonight Show a couple times. So like, that's crazy. And that went on till uh, from 1955 to 1961. Uh, that that went on. Uh, in 1958, that's when he created Muppets Inc. Uh, which later he, became he a... did do it with his wife yes jane he she... met his wife uh in the process and she yes and, and they became partners yes they were like 50 50 split with this and so you know they they did the puppets together and they met in college but like this where they kind of making a handshake agreement like hey let's start this company and so it was they were in it together and so it was you know it was grew his company she was there with them growing with them
1: it's definitely like a big like family
0: business of course yeah definitely it it, the the muppets or the puppets um grew from this family growing up so it's very interesting oh yes and and it's so funny because people talk of they debate you know the origins of the name muppet some say it's the combination of puppet and marionette Jim Henson just came out and said, no, it's just a word I made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. So, uh, so like, he did that for a while, and eventually, you know, he wanted to move on. And so he was looking for new horizons, and he, you know, he made a deal. He did a lot of commercials during that's, this time period. His afterwards. success came from those commercials. Yes. Like, that's, that's where he started getting a lot more notoriety nationwide. Um, the The funny one would be for Wilkins Coffee. That's that's it. Yeah, that that's yeah. the big one. Like, and you watch some of those commercials, and they would not pass today's standards. Well, they're shooting each other and <laughs> blowing yes. each other up. Like, yeah, and like it's about these two characters. One's like asking if he have coffee, if they have Wilkins Coffee or not, and he's like, "No, I don't." And he ends up like shooting with a cannonball or a gun or something like that. <laughs> Blows him up. And then he like, and then the character would turn to you almost like threatening you if you don't have the <laughs> <laughs> like it was dark humor, but it it worked. It was groundbreaking I think for the time period where it got your attention and nobody knew this coffee brand. And once he started blowing up other Muppets, (laughs) everyone's all like, they saw the success, and they're like, we want that guy. And it just snowballed into success right And it turned into merchandising. Like, these characters were extremely popular. You got Ralph. Ralph comes out of it from these commercials. Yes, he does. So what we get into further on, he meets up with Frank Oz in 1963. Uh, Frank Oz, for those who... Our Star Wars fans probably know who Frank Oz is. He is Yoda. So, uh, you know, there's there's a big connection there. And Frank Oz and Jim Henson were like, they were like great teams. Like, you look at the history and, like, some of the best gags and skits were always with them two bantering with each other. Famous ones, for example, Sesame Street. You got Bert and Ernie. Like, that relationship mm-hmm. was Jim and Frank. Yeah, um, Bert. Which one's Bert? Bert's just the... Bert is the... Um, is Frank. It's Frank, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh... Yeah, their personalities are displayed there. Oh, totally. You know, yeah, they're different, but they were, you know, they, they work well team. together. They were a great team. Um, as well as Kermit and Fozzie Bear. Yeah. You know, as well as Miss Piggy, if you want to throw Miss Piggy and Kermit as well. You know, like... Those two just, they had like the magic touch in any scene. Like their scenes were always the most popular skits going forward. So throughout this time period in the 60s, they were just doing a lot of commercials. Um, They did a lot of experimental film where Walt Disney, and not Walt Disney, sorry, Jim Henson. (laughs) Changing subjects here. Easy easy to confuse. (laughs) Right, right. Jim Henson released uh, a short film called Timepiece which won him his first, I believe it was his first Academy Award as a short uh, live-action film. Um, Very experimental, especially for the time. Uh, Jim, he's not just, he was always looking to the horizon. He wasn't like, I'm just going to do what works for me. He's like, what's next? What's next? And like this timepiece was that, like, what's next? Oh, yeah. And, And you can definitely draw a connection to Walt Disney because... He did right. the same thing. Like, it was always the next thing. He didn't always dwell on and stay put as to what he was being successful at. He always looked to the next thing. Jim he wasn't, Henson was the Yeah, same he wasn't thought. content with what had worked before. He was like, well, that's been done before. Why am I going to do it again? Right. I'm just going to get old, and then you get old. Correct. So then this leads us into 1969, where the children's television workshop see Jim Henson and the work that he's done, and they're, they're really interested in his work. So they want they want him. <clears throat> got a frog in your throat? <laughs> I got a frog in my throat. <laughs> <clears> throat> um, so they, they want him to have his own television show for kids, a learning show. Because they were really impressed with his puppetry work and all that stuff through his commercials and his shows and things like that. So that's when Sesame Street comes around. Yeah, and the thing is with him with Sesame Street, it was just like kind of a side job. Yeah. He didn't really want to be like classified as like a kid show person. And that's that was the stigma he was afraid of. Oh, he always fought the stigma of like the Muppets or this. He was he just didn't want to be pigeonholed and stuck somewhere he needed to grow and with Sesame Street like in his journal he wrote like he just named it like the, the acronym of like the company show like he didn't even go like we're doing Sesame Street this is great like
1: which is funny because Sesame Street is like it was his very successful
0: he made all his money on merchandise yeah like that was that was the way basically the, Sesame Street was the thing that allowed him to do the Muppet show coming forward so, he did that for many years. It allowed him to stop having to do commercials. Yeah. Um, so, he could start focusing on the next phase, which we get into the 70s. You know, his, obviously, Sesame Street. You don't want to talk about a psychedelic club he wanted to start up? No. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to talk about that. But, we get into the 70s. We got uh, Jim wanting to go so, for more adult humor. So he joins SNL and was with them on their... I think it, it was the first year. Just the first year. They hated him. Yeah, the writers hated it. They, they didn't want to write was
1: for... Was he on SNL as a writer?
0: No. Think... No. So the thing is, the Muppets were there, but the writers wrote it, and it just didn't go well. Yeah. And so... The writers didn't like writing for Jim the Jim Belushi Muppets. had a saying, and I'm trying not to like butcher it. He goes, oh, the... Muppet. Uh yeah, I can't even say it. I'm I'm probably going to butcher it, but like let's just say he switched letters around because he just they hated the Muppets there. They weren't wanted, but um the uh, what is it? uh Michaels. Uh the 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 creator of SNL, yes. he loved them. Yeah. He loved the creativeness of them and just loved what Jim and Frank and others uh, could bring to life with these characters. And these like transitional faces. I I consider them like almost like the SNL shorts. You know, like Mm. something without, uh, something that didn't require the comedians, but the comedians hated them because it took away from the airtime. Right. And it's kind of notorious, like how cutthroat SNL can be with like writing and comedians trying to get their skits out. And then you have these Muppets. This little puppet show. Little puppet show. Which probably took them, they're
1: like, this is just a kid thing.
0: Yeah, and, and so it just was not a good fit. but... Exposure. Yes, it, it gave them a lot of exposure to the point where when they kind of broke away from SNL, they started working on some Muppet shorts. So these Muppet uh, special series, and there were two of them that were made. There was the Muppet Valentine show, mm-hmm. and Muppet's uh, Sex and Violence. Oh, yeah, which had no sex. No, no, there was no sex. Their, there their, all, like, their oldest daughter was like... Where's the sex? He's like 14 at the time. Like, There's no sex in this, Dad. <laughs> 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 so, like, in there, you get introduced to a lot of the Muppets that we know today. You get the Electric Mayhem Band. You get, let's um, see, Stanley Stanler and Wardorf. Uh, I butchered his name. Uh, yeah, you, get, you just get a lot of these now famous Muppet characters that we see today. Uh, even Kermit the Frog, he didn't even play a major role. In these uh, films, to begin with, they were very minor. Uh, the the Valentine's one you saw a little bit more from him. He had a love interest with uh, uh, I think it was Miss Mousy, something like that. Yeah, Miss Piggy wasn't around. No, nope, not yet. Um, and so uh, they kind of use this as like a way to try to pitch to bring the Muppets to have their own. TV show, not necessarily a kid's show, but a show for everyone. A variety show. Yes. Those were huge in the 70s. Yes. These variety shows, and the Muppets would have been, you know, and were good at, would have been good for this. And he pitched this for, like, little over a decade trying to get a television show because that was what he wanted to do. He wanted to be on television, yep. just not advertisements. And so it was, like, that transition. And But what really helped him get the over that was getting... The merchandise, yep. money money uh, from the from Sesame Street because it just allowed him no more commercials. And the thing is, Jim owned his Muppets, his puppets. Yes, he never mm-hmm. sold the rights. Like Frito Lay's wanted them, which was like the character for Cookie Monster. Yeah, uh, at the predators And he's like, no, I own it. I don't sell what I I, I own. I've created. I've created. Yeah. You know, like it's just I it's mine. And so with that, it helped him with. Merchandising and they like lead to the show and like because if he had sold off Kermit and all this he wouldn't have had anything he would have had like Walt without like, with the the rabbit right yeah uh, you uh know, Oswald. Oswald Oswald you know like that would have if we wouldn't have Mickey Mouse if Walt didn't sell it and so I I don't know if Jim had learned from that or he was just like no this is mine I don't I, I don't sell what's mine I think that's what I think he had grown an attachment to his creations um and and it was like part of his family so so he was trying to work out how a show would work with the muppets and so they kind of took what worked for both uh both of these specials one had more of like a plot whereas the other one was more of a variety show and so they found a way to like best of both worlds situation and that's where you get the muppet show which no one in the US, none of the American broadcast companies, like none of them wanted anything to do with this show. So they get a call that they want to make the show over in England. Yeah, he moves to London. He moves to London uh, to make The Muppet Show. Uh, there was, and you know, it was, it was a hard sell. They, they found in a lot of difficulty on trying to find celebrities to guest host, but one of the things that they contribute to. The success of the show is how they handled the celebrities that they did have on the show. They gave, for example, like whenever these celebrities would have to do these variety shows, they were basically told, you're doing this, you're doing that. Whereas Jim Henson and the the writers and things like that went to the celebrities and said, what do you want to do? Do you want to mm-hmm. sing? Do you want to dance? Do you want to do comedy? Like, what do you want to do? And they revolved it around what the celebrities wanted to do, which then paved the way for all these celebrities wanting to... Instead of them going out looking for celebrities, the celebrities came to them wanting to work. And they don't have to pitch. Right. You know, they could be like, I'm gonna sell my product that I wanna sell. You know, I'm not pitching what the the movie studio or the record company wants me to push. You know, this is this is my chance to have my creative, you know juices shown.
1: And I think that just shows like the difference between Muppets back then and when it originally started and today.
0: Oh, yeah. And um, we'll
1: we'll get into that later.
0: For sure. So, like, Muppet Show, it was a huge success in England to the point where, like, they talked about how, like, members of parliament would meet up early just so that they can talk about what happened the night before on the Muppet Show. <laughs> it's fun. That's fun. And the amount of countries that it went to, it went global. Right. As soon as, I think they said basically the third season of the Muppet Show was when things just... Took off. Um, a little fun story about Kermit the Frog. Um, basically, during the Sesame Street, so before the Muppet Show, Kermit the Frog wasn't necessarily as popular because he was seen as so negative and kind of a bully, and they, and so that's why they kind of struggled. He didn't really have a big part when they did the Muppet specials, but then when they were trying to figure out who should be like the face of the Muppet Show, they realized. It was going to be Kermit because he was going to be... They, they found a way to tie his personality into a specific role that made it work. And that's why he's that guy backstage trying to make put this show together. Crazy group of Muppets that like were chaotic. You know, you had cows flying everywhere. You know, like, you gotta imagine... Gonzo's act with animals and chickens. And Fozzie Bear annoying the heck out of you or Miss Piggy begging for screen time. You've got this manager who's stressing out just trying to get the show together, and it just worked with Kermit's personality perfectly, which catapulted him as, like, the face of the Muppets. Mm -hmm. So, like, just very well, like writing in terms of how Jim Henson was able to develop Kermit's character into something positive instead of being pessimistic or negative. Um, So that was definitely a positive that came out of The Muppet Show. We got the Kermit that we know today and actually took a while for a lot of the characters that we do know today to grow into who and how we know them today. Like Miss Piggy had several different voices at one point. Miss Piggy was just meant to be a background Muppet for a while until she became this like sassy, sassy diva. diva that's wanting more attention than the celebrity guest host. Yeah. You know, like that the whole uh Hey Oh, I love it, oh, karate chops. Like that the karate chop noise like her that that that's basically what made Miss Piggy Fozzie Bear, you know. You know, at first, at first, at first, at first, he was kind of like this. he had a deeper voice uh, that just really wasn't working. But they turned him. They made his voice a little higher pitched and to to make him more friendly and happier. And you know, it just you you got to see this. So if you go back and watch the Muppet series from season one and you go through it all, you see that progression of these characters and, and how they grow. I watched a couple episodes. It was hard for me. Yeah it's a different humor it is we you know humor evolves it's like watching snl from like the 80s and you're just like man these skits are really bad <laughs> and then like oh yeah you got the adam stanley period and you're like oh some of these skits are not really good and right like, so like our, our our comedy evolves and so it i i do that this disclaimer like when watching the old muppets Remember, this is a, a point in time where the humor is yes. quite different. different, and comedy was still relatively in its infancy. And honestly, one of the things I feel that, that put the Muppets on the map was the music. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the songs that they would release on their shows would end up becoming, like, top-performing songs that they would play on radios oh, yeah. and things like that. like the Gold they, and platinum records. And that's yeah. where he made his... Like his roots with the Muppets were lip syncing or like, yeah. basically lip syncing with the puppets these popular songs, yeah. and that's what really got Jim. So he went to his bread and butter, like his right. foundation, with these these Muppets. Like his like his first hit was with Kermit the Frog, uh, being green. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's not easy being green on the Sesame Street, mm-hmm. and like that just like catapulted it, and like he, I think he came to the realization. The same thing that Walt Disney did with, he's like, music is an integral part of this. And if you're going to survive, you need to have music. Like, uh, I was just talking to my dad about this. And he goes, yeah, like, if you don't have somebody leaving the show or your movie theater without singing a song, your movie will be forgotten. And I agree with that. Like, your movie will most likely be forgotten if you're leaving, not thinking about the music. The music will keep your attention on the product. That's why movies like Mary Poppins are so successful. Even Star Wars. Ba, 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 ba. Brother Bear. Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but they still use that music in the theme park. So, yep. you know, like music is the integral part of all this entertainment. So then we get into the next part. So the Muppets lasted about five seasons. He, they, he ended it. On a high. He wanted, I want syndication, I want to make money back from that, and mm-hmm. but I don't want to get stuck. Leave on a high, like you said. Correct. Oh, and there is a funny note about the Star Wars special, about how they got all the characters from Star Wars on the Muppet show. So basically, they were filming Empire Strikes Back down the road. Across the street. Just <laughs> right across the street. Oh, yeah, he would hang out with George. Yeah, well, and they had someone... On the end, they had Frank Oz Mm -hmm. playing Yoda. So they had that connection, and they're like, Hey, Mark, you want to come over and do a thing? And you saw Mark Carmel dressed up in his clothes that he wore for Empire Strikes Back, which was the first... Little inkling people actually got. They're like, wait a second. Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't wearing his costume that he wore for New Hope. He was wearing his Empire Strikes Back. He started waving his hand (laughs) because that's all he's got. He was waving his arms, but he only had one hand. They're like, wait a second. I thought you had a right hand there. And so, like, (laughs) it's just fun that, like, that through their connections, they were able to to bring all that in. Him and Jim are Jim and George hit it off. Oh, they did. They, they did, became did several friends projects. And together. they just they saw just like George admired the creativity that he exuded just like how he's talking, his passion, his work ethic, and just like was blown away with his craft. And it was it just was mutual. Like okay. these people like two people going, Oh yeah, we've got vision. We've got this bigger picture and the juices are the creative juices were just flowing between the two and so it it wasn't long for these guys, you know, were friends. For sure, and so, and so now we're getting into that age of the Muppets where they're doing films. So, 1979, they're working on the Muppet movie. They ask uh, Jim asked for eight million dollars, and it was a hard sell. Like they did not really want to do this. Oh yeah, they didn't. That's a quite, lot of money. <laughs> they didn't quite believe in this project. Um, and then when they they made the movie, and and it's actually during this movie that actually Jim actually grows a connection with Kermit. That's like when he truly feels like Kermit and Jim have become one, their personalities. or um, Jim's personality, which he was, his personality, he was, um, he never got angry. Yeah. He, um, kind of avoided conflict. But he would use Kermit as a vehicle to express some of his personality more than what he could do himself. Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting that. So, so then they created the Muppet movie, which you can actually see like their test footage of making the Muppets uh, outside of a theater, and it's kind of funny. He's got Kermit talking to a cow, and the cow's like basically trying to eat him. It's kind of funny. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but they sell the idea of like, you know, this is the Muppet origin movie and, um, you know, and even at the end of the movie, like Jim Henson gives thanks to, um, his fans. Like the, the last song when they're singing the rainbow connection, he changes the words, basically saying, thank you. If it wasn't for you guys, our audience, mm-hmm. like, we wouldn't be here. It's a beautiful song. That's it is. So sweet. Rainbow Connection, again, great song. Still, the People still sing it today. Yep. Um, so, as I said, the budget was $8 million. It made $65.2 million. It was huge. It was huge. And I understand where the producers are like, or the movie companies are like, I don't know. Imagine taking a YouTube video and like, yeah, we got all the success on YouTube. Let's make it into a movie. Uh. you'd be like, uh, it's not that good. <laughs> right? Like think of a YouTuber that you think like, I wanna watch them for two and a half hours. There's there, there have been YouTubers that have made movies that do don't do well. Yes, right. for So sure. like just take the small little segment and make it it's It was a risky move from a business point of view. And Jim wasn't very good at selling it. He always like, I've got these things, and we're gonna do oh, this. Yeah. It was just he wasn't a story like board where she's like I've got these characters... Like, he used his production to sell a story instead right. of the story selling <laughs> itself. For and sure. that's why the... I could see these, like, movie companies are just like, uh, I don't know. Like, have <laughs> got the passion, but I don't... I don't it was a risk, for yes. sure. These guys definitely and, took risks. And basically, after the Muppet movie, that's basically... Like, that's when it was established that this is a valuable, like... Process going forward, which led them down the direction of working a lot with George Lucas. I mean, you know, you got the Dark Crystal, you got Labyrinth, you got a, several other projects that came about. Again, the Muppet Show. He stopped the show because he wanted to end it on a high. But um, towards the end of his career, turn my page. You know, like he was working on the projects like Fraggle Rock, that TV show. That kind of took off that was huge it was huge it, i didn't i had never heard about fraggle rock but it it opened up like it was the first show that made it into the soviet bloc oh really i didn't yes. know that oh really okay. and it was hugely popular there and so and it was it just it's amazing like i never heard of this but it was one of those like yeah. it was one of those first like i don't want to say the first but it was one of the first shows that made it across into the soviet bloc countries and it It was very popular and so he would get letters from them and and so it was just he felt like he was opening the world up in a time when everything was like you're this or you're that right and so he felt like he was doing a lot of good with it so and you know and that that show had great success he did they did an animated show the Muppet Babies which you still talk to many kids in the 90s or in the 80s and 90s that still look back on the Muppet Babies with great admiration. Um, And then he had another show, The Storyteller, which was more... It didn't do so well. It didn't do so well. It was like more adult stories with, you know, unique... I think he spent a million dollars on just the intro and everyone's like, oh boy, that's a lot of money for an intro. (laughs) Right. And so his final show he was working on was a Jim Henson hour show which was a combination of everything at that point. So uh, he, he tried pitching it. He pitched it to NBC as several different things. He says, you can choose which, what, what, what options are you looking for? Because uh, Jim Henson was kind of looking for the same sort of show that like Walt Disney had, The Wonderful World of Color, The uh, yeah. Wonderful World of Disney, where like, you know, Jim Henson would introduce the show. They would have a couple little sketches and then they would show... So they would take some of the storyteller show that yes. it didn't do so well, and so you'd get a variety. Yes, you wouldn't get one thing, and he didn't get the slot that he wanted. It just it was it was doomed. Correct. It was hard on him. Um, and eventually, you know, that show failed. It didn't do so well. Uh, and so that's when he went to, and we'll go into more detail about this, uh, in a moment. But it's when he started working with Disney. Uh, they wanted to build a Muppet themed. Uh, land yep. not just yeah. an attraction a land with several attractions over at the disney mgm studios and which so was just opening in 89 89 correct so um so there were a couple projects that we actually do get to see but there are others that we never got to see there was the great muppet movie ride which was kind of a spoof on the great movie ride yep. where the muppets kind of And that was, you know, one of those dreams that a lot of people, like, wish they got to see. Um, Kind of fruition. That was one of the projects that Jim Henson was, like, heavily invested in and wanting to make that one a reality. Um, Then we had, uh, you know, the one that's still around today. We have Muppets Vision 3D, um, which is considered basically the last thing that Jim worked on. It's the Country Bear Jamboree. Um, No, it's, it's not the last. Like, I'm sure he had other things that he was... In working and in working with you know with production but he was yeah involved in this creation correct he, he, this he was he was part of the directing process like he filmed some of it like like it is one of the last remnants of Jim Henson's works that you can still see today in the theme parks yeah um, there was a stage show I forgot what it was called um, over there where the Little mermaid show is. Um, um, there was a little Muppet show there where the, it was funny because the, the monorail crashes in and the electric mayhem march out. <laughs> it's kind of silly. Oh, um, was fun. But this led into uh, you know, with him traveling a lot, he was you know, going all over the place. His work ethic was amazing. Yes. He always worked and unfortunately it put a strain between his wife and yes, him. Yes, it did. And you know, they separated and but you know, he always was a family man. His children loved him, and you know that because his kids got in the business. They did. Yes, they all got in the business of it because they knew. Well, if I want to spend time with dad. I got to do with what he likes, and, right? Because he, you just had that push forward, work really hard, and you'll get. You know, you'll you. I had a quote. I think I wrote it down. The only way magic works is by hard work. Mm -hmm. and that's what he was doing he was creating magic and so it was one of those yeah he's just he just he worked hard and so it, it, it put stress on you it put a lot of stress on him and eventually he got sick he got pneumonia and he passed away on may 29th 1990 um as i was stating earlier i was i was bawling like a baby watching the the memorial service like there was a part where they had a shot, they had like, they did a whole Muppet scene, you know, of them Muppets backstage learning about Jim Henson and then they like reveal that Jim Henson had died and all the Muppets were like, Oh, but we just started to get to know you. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, this is a, <laughs> so sad. Like I was losing it. I'm losing it now, just reminiscing it. The like, service was great because they opened it up to the public. Too. Yes. Yeah. They got the St. John's Cathedral in New York and it was it was filled to the kills. You had Jim like you had George Lucas was there, yeah. Eisner uh, was there for he was the old CEO of Disney Company. I mean, there was the people he touched, and everyone loved working with him. Yeah, there was no one ever said like, "Oh, Jim's a diva, blah, blah." No, like everyone loved him, you know. And so it was, it was a hard loss. It was, and it's so funny because this—if you jump ahead to, I mean, I guess I can't say recent anymore, but you know, there was a YouTube series called Epic Rap Battles of history they did uh stan lee versus jim henson (laughs) and it's actually the only one where i feel like because normally it's them two the two different sides battling out as who's better and they're ripping on each other and it does start that way but like it ends with both of them like you know like it's it really ends with stanley like saying like missing missing you like you shouldn't have left as soon as you did like he was 53 Yeah, he it's was so young. young. And it was sad, it's because a little story with his, how he died, it was it was strep throat. And it, you know, the bacteria got into his lungs, he waited until, I mean, he was coughing up blood, and he was like, I'll oh, just take some aspirin, I'll just rest. And his family was with him, and it got to the point where he just couldn't breathe anymore. And then they took him to the hospital, and they're going, at that point where he was coughing up blood, they said, like, if they'd taken him to the hospital, give him antibiotics, he would have he would have been alive, but by the time he got there, I mean, he even like insisted when he was leaving as a was like, no, no, I'll walk myself to the car, and they're like, oh, wheelchair's like, no, I'll be okay. Like, yeah. he was always that calm demeanor. You know, it's always came down to like problem solving. Was just like, oh, okay, we got a problem, let's work on it. Like, he never got mad, and you know, last things, like, well, I'll see you. Like, that's what it was. You know, so it was it was hard for me. To listen to his death. And then listen to all the beautiful things he had to say. Or people had to say about him. It was just, he was a beautiful, he was a beautiful man. And so, it was even, it's still like, boy, I don't even get that emotional. But, it was, he was a man of love. He loved human beings. And so, uh, it was really hard just to hear him uh, to leave so soon so yeah it's hard for me to to express like what he's done and what he did um no it, it was just good so boy wasn't expecting this today <laughs>
1: we're all crying <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: but um so is this my part where I this, take over this is your part now usually the part where we cry is at the uh, at, the, at end. the end um <laughs> So, no, uh, we'll just end with anger. That's yeah. that just, uh, yeah. Yeah. What did you do to our, our beloved thing? So, yes, um, beautiful man just did, um, just expressed so much love. Um, like Peter said, the Disney Company, Jim reached out to the Disney Company, I think it was like two years before, and uh, Michael Eisner. And this is when Eisner was trying to get the creative juices for Disney going. They didn't have a lot going, you had This is before Little Mermaid. This is, so you've got this 80s, like, hey, we're trying to get products. We're trying to get known again. Um, You just had Black Cauldron come out. Like, there was an (laughs) identity crisis with animation and creativity. And Jim just exuded creativity. And Jim was getting to a point where he was becoming the businessman and not the creative man. And we discussed this with, like, Walt, where there's a transition where Walt's no longer... The animator and involved in storytelling, you can see with Alice in Wonderland. Like he saw Alice in Wonderland, Walt saw Alice in Wonderland, and was just like, "Uh, I should have been there for this, right. but I couldn't. I have too much on my plate." And that's what was going on with Jim. He had more fun in the creativity shop than he did with dealing with lawyers and business people and like trying to make deals here and there because he loved his family, his his the the Muppet performers. So he didn't like pu- Muppeteer. Hated the term yes. muppeteer. He's like, no, they're muppet performers or muppet entertainers. I can't remember either, but they weren't muppeteers. And so he's like, I'm gonna reach out to Disney. Disney does a good job in preserving things. He loved the Disney parks. He loved them. He goes to the parks and he, with his family. He loved Epcot. He saw the word the, the work of the Imagineers. That was yeah. a great inspiration for him as well. Like just to see the creativity and the wonderful things that they would do. You know, that would shock anyone, you know, at that time period in terms of like how the, to the do animatronics theme yeah. and like just when you see Kermit moving on a bike and stuff like it wasn't just one person with a hand up the back, right? Of yeah. a puppet. It was like he was inventing things, and so he had different companies for that creativity, and so I mean, he was going to bring a level of creativity and different realms of entertainment and disney was like oh yeah we want this guy to kind of lead us in this new new awakening for disney because they didn't know what was going to happen the company was really shaky grounds when michael eisner took over and and michael knew jim prior because he was an executive at abc and jim was just he just knew everybody because he was making deals with all sorts and so the deal was going through. Uh, Jim was working with the Imagineers, and that's where you get the rides. The Imagineers are like, this is great. Right. This is good here. They and like They loved him. He, they loved seeing when he went into the park, and he's like, oh, we can do this and that. and He was a breath of fresh air. It was like second coming of like Walt in a way of just like the creative juices where his group of people followed him. like They just loved him. They were they just like they believed in his vision and they went forward. Um, you know, Jim was he came at it uh, a more of like uh family love. Walt came at it as like the fatherly figure. Uh Jim wasn't that. He was more of like, Let me, you know, show compassion and, and care for you and we'll work through this and Walt's all like figure it out like, yep. all, like doing this and like my way get in line or get off you know and so there you know there is you see the difference you know as i was listening to his biography and like you know what i know about walt i don't know walt for all for all the interviews there was a difference but like the way and going towards a dream very similar yes and a lot of people saw that you're only dealing with 20 years post walt by this time and there's still remnants of people like, Oh yeah, here we got we got a breath of fresh air, we're gonna get money and like, you know, creativity like brings in people wanting to invest. And Jim was gonna do that and especially with MGM where you're like, Okay, we're gonna have this park about movies. Okay. All right, how do we do this? Yeah. And like, what better way is the Muppets where they basically have a movie about making movies and stuff like that. And so they were interested. What was killing it was the lawyers and the negotiations. It just It got to the point where the Disney negotiators were very cutthroat. um, To where they're asking for the elevators to the buildings that they worked in. Like, what are the maintenance logs this? They wanted to bog you down to the point where, like, I give up. Just, let's just go forward. And it also was Sesame Street. It was Sesame Street. That was huge. They thought they could bleed you to death and then go, like, how about now I want Sesame Street. So, like, Jim Henson did not want the Sesame Street to be owned by... A private company. No, he wanted it to be public. Yeah, that that was that was like one of his like no, that was his like line that you don't cross that line is that like you you don't touch Sesame Street. That's for kids and that's for you know you know I, and I understand you know that was that was good but Jim just wanted a place to play. He wanted his sandbox. Mm-hmm. He wanted to create and he knew Disney was going to be the vehicle. Yeah, he knew he was going to give up some rights. It was getting to the point where he was all like, nope, now you're changing it again. Like, he, he pull back, and so there's push-pull. And, like, two weeks before he died, he even told his lawyers, like, hey, we need to finish this. We need to get this done. We're starting to integrate too much. Where most people, they wait to start doing projects. Like, Jim was already doing projects yep. for them. You know, you have MGM, and he's like, no, this needs to be finalized. This is too ambiguous. And, unfortunately, Jim dies He wills it. Um, He had a beautiful letter he wrote to his kids. Yeah. Um, You know, he was sitting in a cathedral, and I think he was in France, and he was just like, well, you know, I'm here in this beautiful place. I'll write you this letter. And basically, he, he, you know, if you have a chance, uh, look it up or or listen to it. It's beautiful. But he gives his kids the company. And his kids, you think, like, oh, great, here come the kids. Families know how to ruin things. Like, (laughs) you look at the Walt Disney Company. It went to a, a family member. You know, and it may, you know, they did well, you know, riding the wave of what Disney had done, but eventually it caught up to homeware. Yeah. It wasn't great. And you could sort of see some of that going on with this, but um, it went, basically it ran to Brian, his son, and his daughter, Lisa, who was actually an executive at Columbia and Universal. So she had experience, experience. in a, entertainment business, and Brian and others' kids were learned the arts and stuff like that. And so um unfortunately the deal with disney falls through again disney wanted they really wanted jim jim was a huge aspect that's what it was yeah it's a huge part of like disney going okay we need to renegotiate this a second part you have the kids who are reeling with the short loss of their father i mean the youngest is heather and i think she was born in 71 so your dad dies when you're 20 years old and towards the end of his life, he's super busy, and so, like, how much time do you really get? But Jim did make a point to be with his kids when he did. It wasn't like he was just that workhorse dad, and like, I saw dad, like how the royals saw their kids. Right. So, but, I mean, that's, you're you're dealing with that. You have 500 kids, and then you also have, what? The government comes in, and they go, hey, you owe us money because you're dead. so, like, and all your kids get this, and so we get a portion of that. So you have to divvy up these assets, and so you have five different people, and Disney's like, well, let's, and I don't know if we can do this, or they start to become even harder with their negotiations, and the kids are like, we're not ready for this. Yeah. Uh, but um, since the Disney company was already involved, we're getting movies from them. They were going to get distributed through, um, what was it, Buena Vista? Yeah. And so we get all the 90s millennial kids know these movies. You get Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. You know, best, in my opinion, the best Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol movie. Yeah, I agree. Opinion. Some of the you know people that reviewed it didn't think so, but for kids, it opens you to Charles Dickens' story, right? And it's just like, it, oh, okay.
1: It made it less boring than like
0: the other. Like... Than having Mister Feeny read it to you in the Boy Meets world <laughs> episode. Yeah, of course. No, I get it. You know, it, it costs twelve million to produce. Uh, Box office twenty seven point two. So it's it's bringing in money. You know, still. Then they do Muppet Treasure Island. Boy, we oh, quote good. that movie all the time. I've got comet fever! I've got the tea like, <laughs> you know the opening sequence yeah. Shiver My Timber uh, Music bones. was great. Yeah. Yes. It was it was fun. Uh and, and unfortunately, when that movie came out, it didn't do as well. It basically broke even. It went against the movie Broken Arrow, which is an action film, and then Happy Gilmore, which was another great classic film in our family that's quoted way more than probably any other movie at the time. <laughs> uh, so it, uh, both kid fun movies, and that was in 96. Um, 96, you get also on ABC... Muppets Tonight. Oh, I love that show. It was so so good. good. I still remember certain aspects. I remember the episode with Garth Brooks. That's the one I was thinking of too. Garth Brooks, where like you got like the producer being like, "You've got to get Garth Brooks to sing a country song." And so they, like, Garth Brooks, can you sing a country? Oh yeah, sure, I'll sing a sing country. Filler on the roof. He sings filler. If <laughs> <laughs> I were a rich man, kicking the do? chickens. I love it. And he's all like, "You oh, I thought you said he was gonna sing a country song. Yeah, but you didn't say which country." <laughs> I just love that. Or they had uh, Seinfeld babies. They yeah. had a little uh-huh. thing where they combined two shows and Muppet Babies and Seinfeld, and that was hilarious like there were there were some good ones it was there was you know as the, the Muppets aspect and like there are other things that Jim Henson Company was doing but again this is more about the Muppets The Muppets, yes and so the Muppet Tonight Show was from 96 to 98 it kind of fizzles out like you yes. see the stars and they kind of just dwindled to nothing but I was I remember the host remember the host it was Clifford yeah I totally forgot about him the Muppet <laughs> he had like kind of that catfish dreadlock yeah. look it was yeah. purple and I was like oh yeah Clifford and then there was another staple in our house because of this, and it was a CD-ROM game called yes. Muppet CD-ROM, and it came out oh, in 96. We I played that, that we game. We played that game, like, re- so much. Like, it was ridiculous. I want to play, play it that.
1: again just thinking about I was it. Like, I was like,
0: can I play this on a modern computer? Like, can a computer from, like... A game from a Windows ninety five right. play on a computer now with Windows My favorite irons. game
1: was the Chefs game. The Swedish Chefs. Oh the game. um
0: it was what was it called? It was called Kitchen of Doom. Yes. Based off of Swedish Chefs meets Doom pretty much. Yeah like I also enjoyed the um yeah, Beaker's Brain. Beaker's Brain was good. I enjoyed it. Because you brain. do the sequencing yeah. with the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Walk a Wild side, we're trying to, basically it was like Missile Command. Oh, where yeah. Where you're trying to protect Fozzie from oh, tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yes. tomatoes and pies. Uh, that was funny, yeah. You have the Statler and Waldorf, like the old man, going, Ooh, hoo, hoo. they have the two thumbs up where you unscramble the video. Yeah. And you play it, and then you have Gongunzo's death-defying oh, act. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you try to balance oh, yes. off. The different objects to get them Angry through the Angry birds,
1: hope. basically.
0: Angry birds. So yeah, A- Angry Gonzo, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have Clifford, was uh, Name That Tomb. Yes. Where he had the songs. Spinning Wheel. Got to go round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still remember that. And you have Hollywood Squares. And like the whole objective was it's almost like Tron, where the Muppets get sucked into the computer and they've got to do all these games, they got to find all their friends to get out um, what was it they oh, they were I wrote it down. The uh, the Muppets were digitized and Kermit and Fozzie were traveling on the bitmap on a data bus to save their friends and so they play the mini games. Yes. And I don't think I ever completed it, but I was so satisfying to like it was genius to the clips from the Muppet show, like from the seventies and turn into game where you're exposing the past with the new and a good appreciation, so I thought it was really good and necessary to keep a brand or product And all forward. considering, like, like the amount of detail and effort that went into that game, like, compared to other games during that time period. Yeah. Like, that was... It was extensive. It's an extensive game that, like, how much content they put in that game. Like, you could play that game for a long time. Like, yeah. we spent weeks without even beating it. Uh, I don't know oh, if I yeah. ever beat it. But oh, I yeah. just, you I never saw it. the ending. And there the were some out. games you just couldn't beat. And so they like oh, stayed yeah. kind of dark. It was like a hard gonzo. It was like... like the gonzo ones would be kind of hard sometimes, yeah. And then like the the Fozzie ones too. Oh, the Fozzie ones. Because there was just like bananas <laughs> and everything. And you're just like, oh, click, 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 click. like, i got to play this on easy mode. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. And then yes. uh, I got to do a shout out. The Muppets were before... Uh, Muppets were acquired by a Disney company. They were in the um, Weezer music video, Keep Fishing. And it was kind of based off of, like, the Muppet Show. Weezer's got to play a song, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm a big Weezer fan, and I love seeing them They even did a rendition of the Muppet Show theme. Yeah, for it. And you'll see, and they did, like... um, like uh, kind of homage to like what Jim used to do with his original Muppets, where he did lip-syncing, where they did Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. That one was is one of my favorite Muppet videos ever. It's, it's just great. great.
1: Mama? Yeah. <laughs> Mama! I do that with my daughter
0: where it's like, Mama! I pooped again! You know, kind of just using that animal time period, but it's just... I lo- I enjoy listening to the Muppet version more than I do too. The original, like Queen, I'm not knocking a Queen. I love the Queen song, but just it's, it's so... the next level of like integrating two great things, and you get a beautiful. They product. did, it, they did a really good job with it. Yeah, like so, oh yeah, I I, I, I mean, I even like you know the Swedish Chef when he's all like no 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 no. It's freaking needy, freaking needy. <laughs> I just <laughs> love that. It it's just scary. comes of like, oh, there's and yeah, like, It just all comes together, and it's good. Um, so that's kind of like that transitional period. Uh, as for the company and the acquisition, the Muppet Company was sold in the 90s to a German media company for like half a billion dollars. I mean, it was huge. I mean, I think Disney was only offering like 120 for them. But this also included the rights to Sesame Street as well. Well, the German company basically collapsed in on itself, expanded too quickly. Um, and so they sold off the rights to Sesame Street, which I think it was sold to the like It went to the right people. I think so. I, I can't remember the name of the company, but it basically, it, I think they bought it. And they're like, okay, we can keep the integrity of it without like, yes. corrupting it. Uh, and Jim Henson's kids bought back the Muppet Company for like a hundred million. So they like, they made a huge profit from that. Um, yeah. Sell for 600 and then like, oh, I'll buy it back for 120, you know? I'm like, okay, everyone gets a hundred million of the kids. And (laughs) And from there they were able to like the, you know, they just didn't see the success. I mean, they came out and I didn't even mention it. Muppets from space in 99. It it, that that no, it brought <laughs> it broke even, but that was distributed through Colombia and it just it was different. And it didn't have the same vibe. Yeah. Where is trying to he find he finds his home. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. You know, finds out what type of animal or what he is. And yeah, it just didn't do so well. So the company like the Muppets were in this like this waiting pool of like that post Jim Henson creativity. kinda of see what you see with Disney, the parallel where like you're in the high and then you get to the seventies and eighties, you're like, Oh, we're not yeah. doing as great yeah. and we're missing that like connection with the next generation. Like you know, we got connected, but then you're getting like the the next like the younger millennials mm-hmm. into that show. And so it's kind of different, you know, going into it. And so this is where Disney comes in.
1: Yep. And- Disney acquired the rights. Of the Muppets and Bear in the Big Blue House characters. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. It was huge back then. It was so big. I loved it. Um, I don't have how much they purchased
0: it for, but... Uh, It it doesn't matter. Jim didn't like numbers anyways. Yeah. That's right. He hated talking (laughs) money and business.
1: So they acquired it in 2004, and it's...
0: this This was like one of... Iger's, was it Iger? I think yes. It was. Oh, this is one of Iger's first major purchases for the Disney Company.
1: Was this after Marvel? Or? No, it was no, before Pixar. everything
0: else. Before Pixar. Before Pixar. Pixar was yeah. 2006. Okay. I think this is like Michael Eisner. I think this last, might be the end of Michael Eisner. This is Michael Eisen. Eisner's like last little bit to kind of save, like, writing the high of the golden age to like Brother Bear. Right. Eisner did not end on a high note. And so no. he, I think he tried to redeem yes. and try to finish off what he couldn't do for Jim Yes, in the past. Because he really liked Jim and he really wanted to continue what was going on. And so I think this was like, let me do what's right.
1: Right. And so some of the content that was released, you know, of course you've got still Bear in the Big Blue House. Uh, you have the Muppets Wizard of Oz. I remember that. Um, you've got
0: TV specials. They did like a Christmas one. Yeah.
1: Yep, and then they re- officially released a YouTube channel in 2009 to promote Twitter feed and their f- official Facebook page.
0: Woo Yeah. So follow them. <laughs> <laughs> Friend them on Facebook. Um,
1: and then. The 2012, they had an interactive game on the Disney cruise ship called The Case of the Stolen Show. Oh, I Show. heard that was really
0: good, too. Like, I've seen it, and, like... Is it's like, actually... Kim Possible good? Like, the little Kim Possible game? At yeah, it's kind of like the Kim Possible thing, but, like, you travel to different parts of the ship, and you have these interactions with yeah. the Muppets oh, on screens. So. Yep,
1: that's on the Disney Fantasy. So
0: if you go on that cruise line, do the Muppet game.
1: And then 2011, they had a, see here, they released the, a movie, The Muppets. I love that movie. It was a great I one. just
0: watched it. My dad I was talking to dad about their father Yodler and about Jim Henson. And, and usually our conversations usually stir like, oh, we'll watch this movie together. And so he put it on and... My daughter must have been really tired or she was fascinated because she's only like one and a half. And anybody who's got a one and a half year old or so has children know that kids that age don't have attention span. She sat right next to me and watched the movie for the most part. She got up at parts, but as soon as they started singing, she stopped what she was yep. doing and she danced. She loved it. And that was the first time I was like, wow. And so I just, I started putting on... Muppet baby stuff mm-hmm. on Disney Plus and she just stops and watches she'll play, but then as soon as they start playing music, she stops and watches them. And so I'm trying to indoctrinate with the Muppets <laughs> early on. And like these are special characters yes. of my childhood. I want you to enjoy them as well.
1: Yep, so the Muppet movie, according to IMBD, it was a seven point five out of ten. Like a fairly decent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh budget was forty five million. Uh, and it, worldwide, it gained about $165 million in profit. That was, was, a it profit.
0: was It was okay. It you was, know, in the eyes of Disney, it's like, oh, you did all right.
1: It did bigger, um, outside of the U.S. It won an Emmy.
0: And, yeah. I mean, an Oscar for its uh, right? Man, uh, Manor or Muppet.
1: It's such
0: a good song. I I listen to I it. I sing it all the time.
1: Am I a man or am I a muppet? Am, am I a muppet? muppet? <laughs> I'm a muppet. That's a man.
0: <laughs> I'm a very <Barry> man. muppet. <laughs> it was. It's very heartfelt. And my wife was telling me that her dad really like. I really likes that. Just the the conflict within where if you're struggling or if you're 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 having to conceal something or you're having an identity crisis. It, it really opens you up to where it's like you can relate. We're like, I don't know what I am or how mm. I, you know, how, where's my place in this world? And that was a lot of, that was a big theme of that movie. It's like not fitting in and finding the right people to fit in. Right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I loved the movie. I thought it did good. It has good music in it. I thought it was a great comeback.
0: I thought so. I thought it opened the doors like, all right, we're getting the Muppets. And then...
1: <laughs> and then we got a sequel, Muppets Wanted.
0: Most Wanted.
1: Most Wanted, yes. Budget, a little bit more, $50 million. Uh, worldwide, $80 million.
0: Okay. Throw them <laughs> back in the closet. Pretty much. Yes. Disney's like, we're, we're not making money off of this. There
1: was like one good song in was that there? movie. I'm number one. And you're number two. Uh, I like the uh,
0: the 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 investigation with the the police. Uh, the The police are like interrogating the Muppets. Oh that yeah, that was kind <laughs> of a fun song. I enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah. So it didn't do well, unfortunately, and Disney's like didn't do well. Put it in the closet. Well, you
0: also got to keep in mind production. What else going Disney on. had? You yeah. know, because like, what year did it come out? It's like twenty. 20- 13 or 14?
1: Uh, 2014?
0: So, like, we're talking, like, Disney's working on Star Wars. You got Star Wars they and Marvel. You got Marvel going on. Like, they, they knew that these were the money makers, and yeah. so the attention went there. The production yeah. assets are, are there, and you gotta think, a lot of the people who work for the Muppet Company, you know, were there in, like, the heydays of the 70s. They're retired. Yeah. I mean, you look at Frank Oz now, and he was, he was a teenager when he joined, um, uh, gym. So it's just like these people are run their course and they're retired and so you're losing a lot of the originals. Yep. And and so the big companies, they don't necessarily take care of. No, they don't. The originals. And so I can definitely see that. Frank Oz did bring up a point about he goes, with the Muppets, and it's like Disney converses with them, he goes, they're having writers write for the characters instead of having the puppet, the, the people who are the Muppet performers sharing like what would be good for the story mm-hmm. what is their character the personality is exuded through the person performing it and they're totally cutting them out of the writing experience and that's what made them so successful in the past Why the Muppets because it wasn't the outside writing it was the people coming up with the creativeness that's what Jim looked for those people to continue because that's what made the Muppets um and that's why they weren't so great on snl because you had writers that didn't want to do with it and what are you doing when you work for the disney company you've got like oh marvel star wars you're like I'm dealing with the Muppets. (laughs) Right. You don't even know what the sentiment is. You maybe have somebody with fake like enthusiasm going, all right, we're doing the Muppets. All right, let's do this, guys. They're huge. They're famous. And you got that one guy going like, I want to be in Star Wars. I want (laughs) to work on Star Wars, man. There's so many great projects at the company. And you're like, I'm dealing with the, you know, the the closet toy. Yep.
1: Right. And uh, so... ABC released a television series, uh was it? I think it was Muppets just called... Muppets Now? Yeah, Muppets. No, 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 not Muppets
0: Now. This it is was before. just called Muppets. It was just called Oh, Muppets. yeah, this is like the Office rendition of yeah. it? it was, yeah, it was basically
1: <laughs> an Office version of the Muppets, of Miss Piggy.
0: Piggy's talk show. Yeah, um, on a
1: talk show. That was
0: horrible. It was
1: not good. It felt forced. Yeah. It just... Yeah, it was too forced.
0: I mean, granted, I know some people that enjoyed the show, and, you know, to everyone, to each their own, you know, not to knock on those people that enjoyed the show. And there's also a point where, like, you do get older. Yeah. And it's hard to, like, like the same things. Like, I'm not going to like Power Rangers anymore. You know, I'm not in the third grade. Right. So, yeah, if I watch Power Rangers now, it may be like, okay. Right. Great.
1: Um, They released Muppet Babies on Disney Junior. uh, And then Disney Plus last year released Muppets Now, which was a kind of a streaming...
0: So it's kind of like Vines. Well, well, the thing is, the original idea that Muppets Now was meant to be for the Muppet YouTube channel. But at this time, Disney Plus was starting to come out and Disney was all like... We hey, need let's, we need content. And so then they came up with a way to combine all these YouTube shorts into individual shows. And they have this fake thing with Skeeter posting the yeah, show. Yeah, he was yes. the glue. And, he like, was Skeeter the glue. Was now, Skeeter, Skeeter is, is not never glue. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it just, I don't think they're doing a renewal of that. I think that was canceled.
0: I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. In order to keep the product relevant, you have. To keep showing it, yes, you keep showing the kids stuff, but you also need to um, show them stuff. I did like Muppets now, like the the chef show where they yep, celebrities. that guy. was great. That was fun. And you got Swedish Chef getting all mad, and <laughs> trying to show like how to do it. Like that was fun. That was that was that was it. funny Muppets, right there. I did Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so now we're in this kind of stage of what's next for the Muppets, and it's so hard because. You're dealing with the new generation of, you know, what, Gen Z now. Yeah, and And how they
0: consume information, and it's it's, it's YouTube.
1: No, it's TikTok now. Oh,
0: TikTok. But, I mean, the information's, like, short videos.
1: Yes, very short, like, 30-second clips.
0: It's hard to get a story across in that short amount of time. I mean, with your kids, like, what is their exposure to the Muppets and how they respond to it? It it's varies. So, like, when I get around to putting on the show every once in a while, they'll sit and watch for a little bit, but they, they don't have the attention span, really. They're not as interested in the Muppets as I would like them to be. But Yeah, I mean... Yeah, maybe in the future. You know, I I think my youngest, he's going to probably be a little bit more open to that sort of entertainment than my oldest is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always personality differences. yeah, that an interest, but, I mean... If it's good, it'll tri- like it'll stop what you're doing. We're like, oh, the sooner is like, we all love the show Bluey, right? Oh yes. yeah. It just stops what you're doing. You're like, oh, this is fun, you know? Yep. And it's so so
1: simple. Yeah. Um, but so I
0: imagine you could like with Muppets with this next generation, if it's done right, it could stop what a kid is doing. Going,
1: what's going on here?
0: But well, we're not seeing that. Yeah.
1: And I think like Disney just needs to decide what they want to do with the Muppets. Are they gonna just focus their audience as kids or are they going to
0: focus adults and that was the battle with jim yep always was didn't want to get pigeonholed he didn't want to be known as the muppet guy and that's why he did like dark crystal and labyrinth and just wanted next level and so it's up to this is disney's ball now what do they want to do they want to make the muppets just for kids and and you know and there is a need there is a want for the muppets in the theme parks they saw that with the uh, the the Muppet great moments in uh, Muppet history yes. that they had at Liberty Square at Disney World. Uh, you know, it it retained crowds every performance all the way up until it got canceled because of COVID. Well, no, not even COVID. It, even before then, they they got it because uh, Disney was cutting entertainment budgets, and so the puppeteers. It's ex- uh, the production to do what they're doing with these it takes time, you have to build specialized sets and you know, you have to get it just right. It's not like you'd be like, all right, here's a story, let's get the camera at this angle. they have to get the angles just right. Right. And they have to do multiple takes to just to get the right expression. I mean you gotta think there's a hand moving in a puppet or a Muppet expressing human emotions or human like characteristics and you're trying to convey that you know, while they're just watching a screen doing this. It's just, mm-hmm. it requires time and that that time is money.
1: And I think also there's a lot of Muppets and celebrities because it was successful on the Muppet show, but it's just like they're just trying to do the same formula and I don't think it's well, I aging don't, I, well. Honestly,
0: I don't think they're doing the same formula. I think they're doing exactly what I mentioned before. Before it was, you go to the celebrity, they would go to the celebrity and say, what do you want to do? And they would do that. Yeah. Whereas now I feel they've gone in the direction of telling the celebrity... We dictate what's going on. Oh, you can
1: tell how fake it is with the celebrity. Correct.
0: Like, you can tell by the difference between the interactions of the celebrities from the original Muppet show and from Muppets Now. You just see the interactions and it's like, this is not... It's like watching a Christmas special... You know, where you have like, oh, look, here's <laughs> Kermit with this. Oh, hello, you know, Regis. And hello, Kathy. You're just like, yeah. so it's just like, oh, this is nothing. It's this not
1: is, natural. It's, it's not it's all real. Scripted.
0: And I, this may be a theme with Disney where they try to control too much. Mm-hmm. Or they're going back to what has worked in the past instead of going, we're going to go next level. We're going to do something different. You know, people can say that same thing with the prequels where it's just like, or not prequels, the, the next level Star Wars where you just, you see so many parallels with what was successful in the original trilogy and they tried to force it into the new ones yep. or too much and that, you know, it, it didn't go well or they tweaked it too much with like, let's throw in this social narrative here and with this old story and it just, they forgot that you're trying to tell a story right and you know with marvel we're getting to a point of saturation with stories where we're like we've seen a lot of backstories and we discussed this with black widow we're just like have we seen this story before is there anything special about this and so disney's you know are you know as those are doing all this great and we're getting all this great content they also have to do an internal kind of introspective thinking of what are we doing with these products, right? Yeah. Are we just like What's that meme of, of Mickey going to the skinny cow and going, I need more money and squeezing as much as they can out of it? Or are they trying to like, or are we going to go to the next level? Are we going to do something different? Do what Walt has done. Do what Jim did. Jim Henson did where let's go to the next level. You know? So we don't know. Disney's yeah. done great things, but.
1: I feel like Disney's. Doing a very slow approach with the Muppets. I I just
0: think Disney's bitten more than they can chew right now, and because Disney is a very, we'll say, controlling company, uh, they I feel like they haven't given the freedom to the Muppets that they need. Yeah. To 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 endure and to produce good product. Kind of make them like. Autonomous, and I think that's what Jim Henson was fighting for. Is like, I just we want our autonomy, but we want you to be, you know, we want the you producer. to pay it for <laughs> it. Man. We want you to pay for it, and that's <laughs> the problem with the Muppets is they cost money, and the return lately has not been the greatest.
1: And it's hard for investors to be like, I'm gonna invest more money into this.
0: And as we go into this period with like COVID and the company who had like the stable theme park money. It doesn't have that right now after they opened up a huge theme park in China. And then like a year later, it's just like things are, it's a different world. Yes. And so the company has got to adjust itself. And when the company went through the last recession, uh, 10 years ago, talking to the workers, there's like, they just, it was the great rift. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't know what manager was going to show up because they were just getting fired. They were just firing people left and right. Because they were just trying to save money. And so you don't know what's going to happen with this entertainment. So we may see a lot less Muppets. We may see more Muppets because they are maybe a cheaper product to get out there. Well, I mean, they they at least rethemed a restaurant at Epcot for the Muppets. So Epcot? Yes, Epcot. So we're at Epcot. It's at the American Pavilion. Oh, Mm.
1: that's right. I was thinking so, of Hollywood Studios. The, but, yeah. No,
0: no, not Pizza Rizzo. We don't talk about Pizza Rizzo. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, on, we don't watch rats like on on ice skating <laughs> on 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 butter on the hot. Uh, yeah, no, 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 on, on no, no. They got the the barbecue restaurant at the America Pavilion. The same, Sam equals uh, cookout. Oh, I would so eat there. It's way better. Looks than good. That, that burger. Yeah, was, they used the, to serve. the McDonald's. It was not even. I would eat McDonald's right. over that any day. Yeah, that was, just, it, that was yeah. just. uh, Yeah, that's where you get your generic hamburger chicken fingers. Let's wrap this up with, like, Peter, where do you see the company... What do you think the Muppets are going to go from now on? Uh, It's hard to say. Like, I do see... Like, the Muppets will not just go away. The Muppets will always be around. Like, the executives know that, like, there is an audience for it. It may not be a very large audience, but there is an audience for it. And so... Um, you're gonna see a lot of smaller projects that come about. like for example, we got a project, uh, we got a show coming out later this year on Disney plus, The Muppets and the Haunted Mansion. Mm. So like, makes two good things right yes. so like we could see you know integration with the muppets in a variety of different ways just so. don't mess with the actual ride please <laughs> <laughs> it's one of our future projects yeah we're yes. Gonna, yes. One of our future podcast we're going to talk about the muppets integrating them into some disney attractions so um yeah that's that's kind of where i see it. i mean it, it, they're going to be around but they're, they're not going to be as prevalent as they but, were in the 70s yeah right i i yeah,
1: I think, honestly, I don't think we're going to get many movies anymore of the Muppets. I think it's going to be short clips. I was on TikTok, and I was surprised there's no TikTok account for the Muppets other than, like, people self-made. So, so I'm like, where's that? That would be a great option. So, did
0: they, so you want them to chase the, the social media trends yeah, and go along with it?
1: Uh, I think it, the Muppets would do well in a shorter segment. Um, and then um, but yeah, I think they'll just do their continual make appearances on TV shows and...
0: They'll be the novelty thing. I think so. So, I, I agree with both your guys' assessments. I I, I couldn't come up with anything different for how it's going to go in the future. It's just not the same. Uh, and I don't I don't foresee it going back to where it was.
1: Unless there's big management change in Disney and productions. We need more Muppets.
0: (laughs) Get a Muppet guy in there. Oh, great. (laughs) So let me ask you all one last question before we close things out. Favorite Muppet? Jackie.
1: Oh, Kermit. You like your Kermit. I love Kermit.
0: All right, favorite Muppet. Rizzo comes to mind. Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo Rizzo and like Ralph. Ralph, yeah. Ralph is fun. Yeah, I enjoy Ralph. He's a subtle character in the background. Yes, I. is my least favorite.
1: <laughs> Pinky's mine.
0: I can't understand that one. Yeah, it's not. A... I'm a Swedish chef guy. Oh, yeah. he's good. He's uh,
1: I, he's probably my number two.
0: I like him, and I love Gonzo. I think those those are those are my two favorites. So, uh, let us know what your favorite Muppets are. You can contact us uh, on our social medias, Facebook, on Instagram. Um, you can listen to us on any place where you can listen to podcasts. Okay. Uh, we have our YouTube channel where we we just play the audio as of now. We're just playing audio for uh, of the podcast recordings. We're trying to beautify ourselves before we, we put ourselves out there. Yeah, we're, we're not quite. We're, we're still we're... recovering from COVID. That's right. <laughs> Um, uh, you can email us at Yodelers at gmail.com uh, let's see here I think I got it alright Yeah, alright um, alright until next time Auf thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Matterhorn Yodelers please remember before your bobsled comes to a complete stop to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and remember remain seated please permanecer sentados por favor